Welcome back to Inside Marketing Design. I'm your host, Charlie Marie. I'm the Creative Director at ConvertKit. And on this show, I'm giving you an in-depth look at the marketing and brand design processes and principles and projects of various other tech companies. Today, I'm speaking with Corey Etzcon, who is a designer at Notion. If you haven't heard of Notion, it's an all-in-one workspace tool where you can take notes and plan projects and work on things as a team. And fun fact, it's what I've been using to plan the season of Inside Marketing Design. They're a company that's grown a lot over the past year. They went from being a team of 30 people to now being a team of 150. That's quite a big change. And Corey joined the team really early on about two years ago. He played a huge part in shaping the Notion brand, but also in scaling the marketing design processes to keep up with the marketing needs as the team has grown over the past year in particular. So of course, he's shared a lot of great advice on all of these things in today's episode. Before we get started, I want to say a huge thanks to our season sponsor Webflow for supporting the show. They're a website building tool and like Notion, I also use Webflow for this show. I love the Webflow designer because it gives you the power of code without you having to actually write it yourself. And it just, it feels like a design tool. So us designers, we feel right at home in it. Check it out for yourself or for your marketing design team at insidemarketingdesign.co slash Webflow. But now let's get into the episode and take a look inside marketing design at Notion. Corey, welcome to Inside Marketing Design. Excited to have you here. I am a Notion user myself and a big fan of your brand in general, the website, the way you use emoji throughout. I feel like that's a, a you know cool part of the Notion brand or as it's become, which I'm sure we'll dig into. But yeah, excited to have you here and to be digging into marketing design at Notion. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me, Charlie. I'm excited to be here um, on Inside Marketing Design. <laughs> Let's start by talking about the team. So you're in a really unique situation at Notion, right? Where you were the second design hire, right? There was one other product designer, but I was the, f the first marketing okay. designer. So the at first the time, marketing the marketing designer, right. team was just one person who was kind of leading all of it. Yeah. And... You've been through such huge growth at Notion, uh, you know, especially over the last year. And I'm curious to hear what the team structure is like right now. How many designers are on the team? How, what does that org structure look like? Who's your boss? Do you manage anyone? Give us all the details. Yeah. So we, we've tried to keep um, a good balance, like a focus on having quite a few engineers and designers at the company. I would say design is, is sort of catching up to engineering now. Um, we have two, two product designers. And currently we have two designers on the marketing team. We're, we're finally, we're, we're, we're starting to hire more. There's, we have a lot of jobs open on our site and we're finally getting to a place where I'm starting to specialize more on like the website of marketing and the product kind of product designy aspects of it. And another designer, Sam, is um, leaning in more towards the, the brand side and everything that isn't the website. Yeah. Gotcha. And did that split happen naturally or when Sam joined, was it like with the expectation that that would be the, the sort of role? Uh, uh, no, in the beginning, every designer we've hired so far has also written code. And that's something that isn't going to be the case forever. But in the beginning was was helpful um, because we, we ended yeah. up building everything we designed. And Sam and I both are kind of hybrid designer engineers. And we both basically just split all the design work for at least the last year. And it's it's just gotten to a point now where we're trying to specialize a little bit more so we can have a little more focus. Who do you report to? Where does marketing design sit within within Notion's org structure? Yeah, so design at Notion is, um, is interesting because we don't 
there isn't like an independent design team yet. We have mm. a few designers who sit on the product and engineering team. And then we have two designers who sit on the marketing team. And I report to the head of marketing, which was Camille. And she was she joined um, a few months before I did. And it was just her. So it was, um, I reported to her, but it was just us two. You know, it, was, it wasn't a full team until we hired more people. Cool. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's where I sit within Convocate as well. It's sort of like as part of the growth marketing side of things as well. And we don't have a formal design team as such, but we're sort of an informal design team where we get together with the product designers and I don't know, critique work, discuss design stuff. Is that something you do as well with the product designers? Yeah, definitely. We have... I would say we also have an informal design team um, and we do, mm -hmm. it's important for like the, the brand side of things to stay up to date with the product. And yeah. once a week or once every two weeks, we do kind of a show and tell where it's, there's just so much going on that, you know, the, the product, product design side kind of shares a lot of, a lot of times they'll be working on future ideas that aren't necessarily even features, but just like what could Notion look like in like two years if we had like every engineer Fun. in the world, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's cool to see where their brains are at and kind of get a, a sneak peek at the stuff we'll be able to market in a year from now if we build it. Fun. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so important to make time for that, like, I don't know, just like the dreaming stuff like that. You know? Yeah, it's definitely important. Um, it's, it is interesting, though, because I, I don't know if you found this, but is there marketing is a little bit less about dreaming, right? Because it, it, the whole point of marketing is documenting and sort of packaging up and making the thing that exists look really good. But I, I, that's, it's interesting though. I wonder if there is a way that you could make marketing a little more dreamy or kind of uh, market into the future or something, you know? So. Yeah. For us, that sort of, that side of things tends to come with individual projects where it's like, well, this is the version we would love to implement, but we don't have time for that. And so we'll like de-scope it and this is what we'll move forward with. But we feel good knowing we explored that option. Is that a situation you ever find yourself in being such a small marketing design team? Yeah. One of our like company values is qu quality with speed, which... Um... Ooh, I like it. <laughs> Which is like sort of, it sounds kind of like a contradiction, but I think it's possible. And the most important thing is that we're shipping something good and high quality. And it's also important at a startup to do it fast. And usually that's the best way to do that is to pull out some scope and just make the parts that are included nice. I like that framing of it. It's because it means you're not compromising too much, right? Like you're shipping quickly, but you're still making sure things are meeting a quality. Yeah, level. totally. Cool. Can you tell us a little bit about the Notion brand? How would you describe it? Because I know you've had it played a big part in forming it early mm -hmm. on. So I'm keen to hear it in your own words. Yeah. So it's, I've, I've asked a lot of people this same question, like over the last couple of <laughs> years, because I'm always curious what people think about it. And it's, it's can be hard to describe. I think the way I describe it is it's classic and timeless, but it has sort of an edge to it, like a secret edge. Like if you're, you only realize it once you've like been around the brand for a while. Yeah. Like some of our, I don't, I don't run the Twitter account, but some of the, the tweets can have like a little bit of snark to them or something. Um, like mm. in a, in a nice way and not in a mean way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but definitely some of the brands that we reference when we're designing stuff are like the New York Times, just a Apple marketing, you know, we like their marketing a lot. Well, there's, there's a trend in like SaaS marketing and like marketing for digital products where everyone kind of abstracts things. And instead of showing their product, they like doodle over their product and they like crop out, like they, they take it out of context and they'll 
instead of showing like the chat app, they'll show just the little speech bubble in the corner or something. Mm. And we always like how Apple approaches things where you always have the context. And if they're showing like their chat app, it's or iMessages, it's in the context of like an iPhone, their product. It feels sort of complete and like in this package. That's really interesting to hear you talk about that because as I'm thinking about the Notion website, that's very visible, right? You lead with a giant shot of the product. And I noticed too that all of the product imagery on Notion's site feels real. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not using a lorem ipsum filler copy in it. The same as Apple, they always pay attention to what the messages are yeah. saying. You know, it's not saying message one, message two. So that's a really, yeah, cool way to pull inspiration from that. I, we're sort of going into <laughs> a, a different direction now, but I, I just want to know, do you create all of that product imagery? Are you oh. the one writing up the dummy copy and things like yes. that? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Wow. This that's is, a lot so of work. This is, this is why people don't do this because it's really hard. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I used Notion before I joined the company and that's how I knew about the product. And I thought it was a really amazing tool. So, but part of the, the job actually for the first few months was just getting to know Notion and like all the features it has and everything you can do with it. Because part of my job was building, I, I designed most of the templates that are in the template gallery in the beginning. That was a very interesting design, meta design challenge you know, designing with the tool that you're marketing and then t taking screenshots of it. When you sign up for Notion, it's it's a blank canvas, right? So we have to show people what you can do with it. And the only way to do that is to create fake, you know, workspaces and uh, inspire people with like the beautiful stuff you can make. There's no secret hack. It just takes a lot of time. <laughs> When you need to create a product image, do you have in mind, like, I don't know if you call it a persona or if there's like sort of like an a, a imaginary customer that you have in your head that you're creating this uh, example image yeah, for? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We, we've debated like how, how far to go down this rabbit hole because when you're, mm -hmm. if you're going to always show real content and real examples, say, say the example is you can take meeting notes in Notion, right? And we have like a database of meeting notes. We have like a landing page for designers and the landing page targeted at like managers. And we could create a separate screenshot for designers and managers where it's the same template, but the, the list, the, the names of the meetings are like for designers, it's like choosing colors and, right. you know, font choice or whatever. And for managers, it's like one-on-one -on -one with your reports. And mm -hmm. we've debated whether going to that level of detail matters yep. and and what did you decide <laughs> i mean i think it definitely matters i think the question is i mean the more the more you you see an example and feel like this this product is made specifically for you the more you're gonna be interested in using it i think the struggle i think is that that level of customization takes a lot of energy and time and the question is is it is that trade-off actually worth the the whatever lift you'd get in like conversions or signups. Maybe, maybe we'll actually yeah. answer that question with data at some point and we'll test it out. That would be fascinating. <laughs> I would love to hear the results of that. If that is a test you run, I, yeah, I definitely want you to run that. I, th <laughs> I think we definitely will. So <laughs> yeah. Keep us posted. Great. Another part I love about the Notion brand is your approach to illustration. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So we've been unique in that we've had an illustrator, Roman, who's been on staff since before I joined, he wasn't really an early employee, but he was in the beginning, he was like our artist in residence and I've been mm -hmm. the founder. I mean, he just has a deep appreciation for art and he had just an area of the office where the intention was, we just let artists come work in the office around us. Um, so I think that's how Roman sort of began coming to the office. And that's something I appreciated as, as a designer is having beautiful assets to work with. Like you can't design a nice page if you don't 
if you you don't have nice photography or if you don't have nice illustration or if you're working with like you're limited to like a google font or something you know like you have to have nice inputs to have nice outputs and the illustration is yeah it's become a huge part of the brand and roman has such a unique style too that's very recognizable yeah it's so notion like yeah you can notice it anywhere <laughs> I noticed too that every person so far that I've emailed from Notion all has their own <laughs> illustrated portrait as yeah. their photo. <laughs> yeah, some people, who, some of the employees who are like on Twitter have, you know, people have commented like, is this is this a requirement when you join? Like you have to, <laughs> you know, you have to devote your life to Notion and update your avatar. And it's not, but I think they're just really fun and people are proud to like be part of building this tool. So And to have a custom illustration of yourself. I mean, that's pretty special. <laughs> Let's talk a bit about how how illustration fits into the your design process. When you're designing a landing page or something, do you make a request of Roman for an illustration that you need to explain a concept or I don't know. Yeah. How, how do you work together normally? Yeah. Usually he comes in more at the end um, because mm -hmm. usually our landing pages aren't super conceptual, like intentionally. Yeah. Like yeah. you said. There's a lot of There's product a, imagery. Yeah, the product. main thing yeah. is showing the product and uh, explaining the features and why you'd want to use it. The, the reason we have illustrations is to like reinforce the brand and just tie it all together. So it is usually kind of the last piece. In the beginning, me and Roman worked a little more closely together, so I'd kind of loop him in earlier in the design process. But now we have kind of a library of... He's done so many illustrations that I'll just grab stuff that he's done in the past that's around the same size or maybe it's a spot illustration versus a hero illustration and i'll just drop them in and sometimes i'll also add notes about like kind of what i would think we would want to illustrate there and like what it just ideas he's also just brilliant and has lots of ideas as well yeah so he kind of comes in at the end and adds stuff and I think he likes working in that way. You know, he knows what the context is going to be. Yeah, that helps, especially with illustration, right? Because you need to know what space it's going in. Yeah. What about the ways in which you collaborate with the marketing team? Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So, well, the marketing team covers a lot of ground. So we have, we market the product. We also educate users about the product. So we, we run like the help center and we've been creating a mm -hmm. lot of educational material and like sort of a notion academy kind of thing and webinars. And more recently we've started producing a ton of content. Like we've been posting on our blog a lot. There's a lot of different work streams happening at the same time. And we have two designers. So the last last couple of years, we've just been shipping a ton of big things. Like we had to we had to build the blog. We had to kind of we spent some time building like a landing page builder system where we could spin up a lot of landing pages. And Ooh, yeah, okay. like a, yeah, a lot of a lot of the time <laughs> has been put into building bigger systems that are going to kind of support our growth. But yep. now that more of these systems are in place, we have more time to kind of work one-on-one -on -one. like I might pair with a one of our content writers and we'll write a landing page together they'll start it by kind of outlining the the goals of the page and the audience and the messaging and from there I'll translate it into kind of our style and figure out help flush out the, the visuals that's cool I like when you can collaborate on that those early stages as mm -hmm. well of like, what does this page say and what order should that information go in? I think that's really important to be involved with that. Yeah, stage. it's, it's it, I think a tricky part is we've sort of, at this point, we have sort of a formula for like a Notion landing mm -hmm. page. And that that's when someone, when someone's writing a new landing page, before I look at it, 
they'll often reference like existing landing pages to kind of have right. an idea of like yeah. what components exist and like what we can work with. But I also, on the other hand, like that's great because it means it's going to be easier to build and we can make it fast. But I also try to remind people that we can create new things and you, it's okay mm. to think outside of like the ex exact components we have. And at some point we want to also evolve what we've made. We just, like when we that. do that, we know yeah. we'd have to know it takes a little bit longer. But sometimes it's yeah. worth it, right? If if it's warranted, if it's an important project in mm -hmm. particular. Yeah. I have the same struggles in that people try to help. And so they're like, look, we could just make it like this page here. And I've written mm -hmm. the information so it can fit in the exact same place. I'm like, oh, well, that's good. But also I'd prefer to like change things up. Yeah. Because this structure isn't ideal for this information. Yeah. I mean, there there is a place for that because it's the whole, you do have to move fast at a startup, right? And it, yep. yeah. Like you said, quality with speed. Um, but the, the other interesting part about if if you do kind of make all the landing pages similar and build them on a sort of system, that means if you start doing testing later on and improving modules mm -hmm. on a page, you can apply that learning to like 100 pages at once. So there is there yep. is an advantage to kind of following a template or format. That's a great point. Let's jump in and talk more about this system you set up. So is this a system where the marketing team can self-service a page now, or is it a system where it just makes it faster for you all on marketing design to, to get the page built? It's it's just built in our, our content management system, Contentful. I wouldn't compare it necessarily to Squarespace, but you can build an entire landing page in the CMS. You can upload all the screenshots, you can write all the copy, it handles right. all the layout. And it's we tried to build it in a way where the, the content you can put in is somewhat limited intentionally so that it just, no matter mm -hmm. what you do, it's going to look good and it's going to flow nicely. It's been, it's been really good. Like this week, I think we're launching four pages using it. And if, if I was building all of those, it would take at least a couple of weeks. Yeah. I think it's going to help speed things up a lot. E even with a, a landing page builder, so much comes down to like having an eye for design and layout, even in that, because half the page is screenshots and like, if you if you choose the wrong color of emoji for the page, like it could kind of throw off the whole whole thing, you know. So there is still a need for like a lot of design collaboration there. But it does make the whole thing faster, like yeah. you said. What are these pages normally used for? Like, what's the use case for the four shipping this week, for example? Yeah, so we we kind of have a distinction between like main product landing pages and then there's performance marketing pages that are for you know, yep. yeah, That's specifically targeted to, to ads. And that, that was the main mm -hmm. driver for creating the system because we have a, a page that's like Notion for Enterprise and, and that page is fairly fixed in that we, we update it with like new features and things like that from time to time. But we, we don't need to constantly update it. But these performance marketing pages, one of the, one of the people on the marketing team is their whole job is focused on performance marketing and this has given him autonomy to, you know, have, have an ad and have half of the people go to one landing page and half of them go to the other or customize landing page to speak specifically to a certain persona. That's just something we didn't have the engineering bandwidth to do before, but now that it's more self-serve, yeah. it's possible. Having That's that great. customization is, is super important for performance work. Yeah. And I love that you've set up that system because then it frees up your time. I'm sure there was extra lift in the start getting it into place, but... Now you can be focusing on other things. Yeah, I think the, the tricky part with a system like that is as soon as you build it, you know, the first thing that happens is you try you try to break it and add a new thing yep. or modify a certain thing. And 
it's yeah it, you have to be very diligent because <laughs> pretty soon you're it's not going to be a system and it's going to be like you're going to be back to where you started where it, it was supposed to be automated but now it's like this customized frankenstein thing you know <laughs> so yep so you hand it over to the marketing team and see how they could break it as well i'm sure that was yeah <laughs> they it's, found you know it's, it's okay to extend and it's okay, okay to change but we try to avoid like modifying it for like one-off use cases unless there's like a really compelling reason cool well sorry to listeners who weren't as interested in a, a deep dive in that as i am <laughs> but i'm basically using these interviews as a like a research for my own purposes sometimes mm -hmm. too and i really want to set up something like this it sounds like it's going to be really useful do you have something um, like this mm -hmm. we do not we do not have anything templated where people can self-service create a landing page on our main marketing site at the moment um convertkit has landing pages where you can like spin up a page using a template and collect email addresses and things. So sometimes we'll use that if like that's the purpose mm -hmm. is to collect email addresses. But yeah, um, I think something like this is going to be needed because we also just hired a perform like a paid marketing yep. manager. So I know they're going to be wanting to make pages for ads too. Let's talk about a project that I guess maybe you have time for because you're not having to spend all your time <laughs> making these other yeah. landing pages. I know recently you worked on new navigation across the, the main site which is, I guess, a little bit more static and not a self-serve. Talk us through the process of that. Where does that start from? Who decided that we need to update the navigation? We've had a growth team for a while, which is, it sort of sits between product and marketing. We have a few a da data, data scientists who are on that team. And mm -hmm. as we've improved our data capabilities and reporting and stuff, we've, we've hired a few growth marketers who are now synthesizing that data and trying to identify areas where we could see a lot of lift or like conversion or improvement. And one of the areas we identified was the nav. And like one of our goals was dr driving more enterprise contacts um, to our sales team. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to elevate just the ability to contact our sales team and make it as easy as possible. We also had um, in our, in our main nav, we had, instead of a sign up button, we had a, it was an email field with a sign up button. So it was like, you type your email right. and then you sign up and there's, we got a lot of feedback that people thought that was a sign up for like a newsletter or something and not the product, which hmm. is pretty problematic. It was too easy to sign up for your product. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it was, it's, it's the thing where it was a cool idea, but I felt, I felt like it was maybe reinventing the wheel a little too much and you know, especially with on the product side, you, in most cases, I think you want to follow conventions. You don't want to like try to push people to learn a new thing unless there's a really good reason. So, right. yeah, so that we just, we just felt there is the growth team felt there was a lot of improvements that could be made there. Our, our goals were that with the nav were three things. Um, one, increase signups um, Two, increase the number of sales leads and contacts we got. And then three, uh, restructure things so that looking at the nav, the first impression you got was that Notion was a product for teams and enterprises. We we have an interesting the customer base where a lot of our customers are just personal users, um, but we obviously want to focus a lot on teams because we you know that's a source of revenue. And yeah, we wanted to restructure the nav to make it to to speak to each of those teams. Like we wanted the word you know design teams in the nav and managers mm. and make it very clear that we catered to those use cases. Cool. So who did the, I guess, like the information architecture for the new NAB? Did you get those goals and go about creating that yourself in collaboration? Yeah, so this was um, one of our, like the first collaborations I've had with the growth team since that's kind of a new function. Um, and cool. they started by 
sort of auditing the nav and looking at other competitor navs. And we started a notion actually just with like a, a bulleted list of, of yeah, you yeah. <laughs> a bulleted list of like different, you know, different paths of like, what, what would the main items be? And like, what items would be inside them? Which items could we potentially consider removing? What items do we need to add so that we're like on par with other, other competitors? Yeah. So it started with a, a list in notion and from there. I did some wireframes, which not really, I don't have some like wireframe style or something, but just something more visual where it's not a list and it sort of looks like a nav. Yeah. And we, something we, the design team does at Notion a lot is we do a lot of iterations, like more than anywhere I've ever been. Um, okay. So it, I think all in all, it ended up being nine rounds of like design and each one it's like has, you know, 10 to 20 variations of how the nav could look. Wow. Um, so we, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't, we don't spend a ton of time on each of them. Like I'm spending, you know, five to 10 minutes on each variation. We try to explore paths that even if, if, even if I think something isn't going to be good and try to like get it in note or design it in Figma just to see it and confirm that it's not good. Yep. And then, you know, yeah. and do you leave it there in Figma to reference? Cause I like to do that. I leave all of my iterations. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I actually, if there's one feature of Figma, I never use, it's like the versioning feature. Like I, I use it if I like lost yeah, something, but I like, I create pages. Like I'll have, I'll have sort Same. of like round one and in round one, there'll be like 10 variations of the nav that are in very different directions. And then we'll share that with the stakeholders, which in, in this case was the growth team, marketing, um, our new chief revenue officer. Yeah. So I'll share it with them and then collect the feedback. And then the next day there'll be like a round two page where I just duplicate the first page and then delete the stuff we didn't like and start iterating on the stuff we did like. And for this, this particular nav project, we did that like nine times. So it took about a week. Do you collect feedback on each round in Figma itself as well, or in an ocean doc? How does that side of things yeah, work? And, and then be, it, it, there's not really a, a set rule. I, I like getting feedback in Figma because it's, then you don't have mm -hmm. to type in notion like, the button that's red that's next to that, you know, like, yes, yeah. like yep. you can click on it and you can talk about it. And I think it's, it also helps prevent like 10 people telling you the same thing because other people can see what other mm. people have said. Yes. Yeah, so we collect feedback in Figma and in the beginning. And then as things get a little more refined, like some feedback will come through Slack too. Do you have uh, like meetings to present each round and discuss or does it all happen async? It's pretty rare that I'll have a meeting to discuss I mean, I don't even set a meeting to like present an initial design. I just, I put it in Figma and I, I share the link in Slack and with kind of some guidelines for, you know, Hey, this first round is more about information architecture. Try not to focus so much on the colors and stuff and sort of guide the conversation. Yeah. And, and we will have meetings, but I, I usually hold off on that unless if we, if we get to a place where we're just going back and forth a bunch or it's not you know, there's conflicting feedback, then I think it's helpful to meet. Yeah, that makes sense. Like meetings as a last resort rather than as a default. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice to see people though. Like I'm not not against having a, having yeah. a Zoom. It's just that they can add up really quick. This quick side sidebar about meetings. How often do you think you're in meetings throughout the week? How much time do you spend in meetings? Um, I mean, it's in the beginning. I mean, that was something I loved in the beginning. Like I think I didn't have a single meeting for like the first year, which, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> 
So no recurring team meetings or like one-on-ones with uh, the manager and I things think, like that. Yeah, we did. Ha- I did have a one-on-one with manager. Um, but aside from that, there was it was well, it was like you know, fifteen people in a room. So we were yeah. pretty. Yep. Uh, Ivan, the founder, has always been very pro like asynchronous work, and that's. Mm-hmm. I mean, it obviously meshes with Notion well because that's kind of what it it's for. So we. <laughs> we've we've had like kind of a culture of writing writing docs and like trying to be like thoughtful about what you're trying to accomplish like instead of just like slacking someone like hey i have this like random idea just kind of instead like creating a notion doc and fleshing out your idea a little bit more before you kind of share it with everyone so there's more context yeah yeah i probably have a couple meetings a day now that are like like one in the morning and one in the afternoon Sometimes there's more. We're also hiring a lot, so there's been a lot of a lot of interviews and stuff. Okay, so back to the talk about the navigation. So once you reached a stage where you were happy with the design and it was ready to be built, who builds that now? Is that still you, or do you now have engineers on the team who can implement that? Um, we do. We did hire our first marketing engineer um, a few months ago. Woo-hoo. Yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah, it's been super nice to have someone dedicated to that function. I, in this case, I did end up building it, and that was the plan. It, yeah, it was just it was a it's a case of just moving quickly, and that was the quickest way to, to move was just to design it and build it. Yep. Yeah, Nav is also it's one of those things where there's a lot of interactions and there's desktop and mobile and we had a bunch of different we're testing it was like a three-way split test thing and it was just quicker to instead of like designing every single variation and mobile it was quicker to kind of just get in there and do it yep just do it in the code because you already have in your head probably what you wanted yeah yeah for sure i think we will probably get to a place where ideally i'm not like building quite as much stuff because it can be, it can be a yep. little difficult to uh, on a on a timeline to kind of have to jump back and forth between you know GitHub and Figma and stuff. Yeah, it's a lot of context switching as well. You know, to go from design mode. To yeah, mode. for sure. And I, I think it's possible, and it's it works. But it's I think there are a few pitfalls of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair enough. You mentioned split testing there. What tool do you use for that? Do you have some sort of internal one? Is there a third party tool you use? Yeah, we have an internal experiments framework that we built. The product team built that and it was it was mainly used for the app itself. So we could test mm-hmm. features and release them like at a interval. Yeah, but we've, we've used that for marketing as well. It lets us do, you know, split tests, A-B tests, and all that data gets tracked in our... Um, like in our data systems and we can create reports about it and it's pretty pretty flexible. I think the the one amazing the one issue we run into is it's not it requires an engineer to do pretty much everything, which which could be me. Okay. Like I can set up tests, but you know, p- people like our our performance marketer have less ability to create their own tests and things. So, we're definitely going to try to figure out a way to make it a little more self-serve. Sounds like that's, yeah, the next system thing to happen, right? Do you have like a testing framework? Yeah. We previously used Google Optimize Mm -hmm. and did not, it didn't play nice without our data system. We just felt like we couldn't trust it in the end, that it would put people in two different buckets and our data system would show that people had both buckets Uh, that they'd been tracked with. So yeah, we're looking at VWO now, but I think in the long run, it'd be good for us to build an internal one as well, because it just feels like it's the most accurate way to run tests, but VWO VWO seems pretty good. You mentioned data and that there's data analysts and, you know, that the growth team pay attention to that. And that's where this whole idea for the nav update came from. What, how close do you feel to the data? Is that something you look at often? 
Do you have people reporting back to you? Like, I don't know, interesting things that they're noticing on the site. Can you tell more about that? Yeah, data has been an interesting function at Notion. We've always looked at high, like very high level things like uh, signups over a period of time or team signups yep. or personal signups and churn or retention. For a long time, we didn't really go too much deeper than that because Notion mm -hmm. like grew very organically by word of mouth and we didn't really have a performance marketing function for a while. I think we ran our first ad ever like sometime in the last nine months and wow. yeah it's it's we we've we've done there's we've done other advertising but like traditional like performance marketing is a very new thing so yep i think data is just just starting to become like a really important thing on the marketing side because of that um because we're sp starting to spend money on acquiring customers customers who wouldn't have normally known about us and yeah, we want to optimize that so we're not just waste wasting money. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious to, I would be curious here in future if this gives you more insights into like conversion rate of certain pages that you have and if that, I don't know, clicks on buttons and if that starts, um, yeah, some more tests for you. Yeah, as well. we sort of like, since we had a little less data in the beginning, we had all these sort of theories that we've slowly been trying to prove. Mm. Like one of the theories was we had some very, very long landing pages where it was just, you just scrolled and you scrolled and you scrolled. And I, I think scrolling is great as an interaction, but I was always wondering, like, is this page just too long? Are we trying to do too much? And is it overwhelming? Are we tr trying to tell mm -hmm. too much of a story to too many people? And we have found that uh, like shorter pages have started to perform better. And, you know, maybe it's better to create more pages that are tailored to specific personas or use cases instead of, trying to create these monster pages that speak to everyone, you know? I like that. That makes me think about our feature pages, which some of them are getting pretty long as our features become more and more mm -hmm. robust. And I'm starting to think that we need to break them down more and, and just try and do less in an overview and give people room to go more detailed if they want, but not like show it to everybody by default. Yeah, I, I've, I know we've redesigned our homepage several times and at one point we were going to test a version there, there are companies out there where there's you don't you go to the homepage and you don't scroll at all it's just literally a giant button in the middle where it's like sign up for our mm -hmm. product it doesn't even like have any context about what the product does or is and those pages can convert really well <laughs> there's things you wouldn't expect to work that work really well so the only way to know is to test them and yeah see if they perform yeah that sounds fun i think you're going to have a lot of tests in your future it seems like. yeah for sure <laughs> i think it's the year of tests and data <laughs> we've talked about a few tools figma notion the internal testing tool what other tools come in as part of your process yeah i mean on the design side like figma and notion we don't really we don't use that too many tools those yeah, ones we do design, we design in Figma. <laughs> I, I, I write code in VS Code and people comment in, in Figma. We do use Notion heavily. Um, there is a blog post on our site called How Notion Uses Notion, which is a super, it's super interesting to read, I think. We obviously use Notion for everything. It's become so normal to me that I've forgotten that like the in the real the regular world, everyone's like in Google Docs, maybe in an email, and I've totally forgotten those things exist. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be nice to forget that Google Docs exists. <laughs> okay. Um, another question I have for you, knowing that you're a very small marketing design team compared to the company size, right? And I think this is going to be a similar situation that I'll find myself in once ConvertKit grows more, uh, is that, you know, the, the rest of the company will grow around us, but we probably won't expand the marketing design team a whole lot more than what we are right now. I'm curious to hear about how you deal with 
just the sheer amount of needs within the company. So the system that you built for landing pages is one, but I'm sure that there's more requests for design than you have time, you and Sam have time to fulfill. I'd love to hear how you handle that. Yeah, this is a thing we're still working on. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. But... <laughs> You're not alone, my friend. <laughs> um, I think this happens on the product side too. Like there's always feature requests and things like that. But marketing yeah. is a little more unique in that everyone at some point is going to need help, assistance from marketing to either promote a feature or, you know, set up a webinar for the sales team or improve the help center for the um, customer service, like customer success team. And so at some point, everyone's going to interact with marketing and there's only two designers. In, in the beginning, we were just, we would just do everything, you know, it'd help be as, you know, try to be as helpful as possible. <laughs> And I think we still try to do that to some extent. And I mean, the other challenge with marketing is you can plan, but you, you can't plan everything for marketing because it's, there's going to be something that's, you're going to have to spin up a page because of the, um, we just acquired a company called automate IO. Yeah. So that. that's, yeah. you know, something that, you know, some of us didn't learn about it immediately. So we had, we had to kind of figure out how to announce that and pub you know, publicize it. So there's always going to be kind of last minute requests. I think this is the most important thing is just creating visibility around the number of requests for the design team, but also for people who are making requests. So it's not going into a black box and it's like, Hey, here's your request. Unfortunately, it's number 32 out of on the list of things that are probably going to take the next 10 years, <laughs> but like, um, we can move it up the list, but then like, it's important to understand the trade-offs, right? Like, Whenever we move something up the list, something is moving down the list and we need to make sure we're not moving something really important down the list to, you know, change the color of a headline on some page. Yeah, that makes sense. Who evaluates those trade-offs and who is like doing the ordering of this list? Is that you and Sam working through it together? Yeah. So Notion hasn't really had any product managers. We don't have any, we hired our first product manager in the last six months. They're focused more on the product side. So the marketing team still doesn't have any like people dedicated to like product management. Yep. That's, I think something that's going to change. So I, I, eventually that person will probably be the person prioritizing and uh, figuring out that. Yeah. But we just, um, we use Notion. We have a Notion database. It's like a Kanban board where we're just adding we have a backlog of tasks. When, when a request comes in, we try to document what the request is in the context. And we have a weekly marketing design slash engineering meeting where we meet with uh, the head of marketing. Um, and we try to surface anything new that's come in and figure out if it makes sense to adjust our, like the next week's work, work, worth of work to kind of accommodate some of these new requests, or if we have to kind of hold off on them for a little bit. Which is often the reality, unfortunately. Yeah. But I think that, that that's the same for everybody. Do you company. have like a super long uh, backlog yeah. of things that you want to do? I, I would say, honestly, we don't even have a super detailed backlog. Um, we plan work at ConvertKit this year anyway. We've been doing it in six week cycles mm -hmm. within a two week cooldown for planning the next cycle and like wrapping things up. So we tend to just look at what's the business needs, what do we need to do to make that happen or to support projects that other teams are doing this cycle to make that happen. Yeah. And that's what we go with. But I would, yeah, I think a lot of the, the more the dreaming ideas, like we were talking yeah. about at the start, get yeah. left behind in that way mm -hmm. of doing things. And I want to find a way to bring them back in. What time frame do you work in and how do you plan? Is it weekly? Yeah, we, quarterly? It's, it's, we do have, we have like quarterly OKR planning 
at a company level and we have a lot of things on that list like it's pretty ambitious which i think is good but we've had so many things that the only way to kind of do to accomplish them is to sort of divide and conquer and like i go off and i build landing page builder and then sam goes off and he works on advertisements and like there's this there's no way anything everything else would just get done so i think we're trying to to plan in a way where we can collaborate there's more opportunities for collaboration and we can kind of pair and have multiple brains on a project. And I think also something that will come out of that is more of a process, more of like a agile, like biweekly cadence where we set, we we kind of scope projects and adjust our priorities. But, but currently it's quarterly and then weekly, we just have a check-in where we figure out what, what actually can happen that week and how the week before went. Yeah. It sounds like the way you work is sort of, well, not technically, I'm sure, but really like one project at a time. It's like, okay, let's focus on this, get it done. Then we move on to the next one, focus on this, get it done. Yeah, we tr- we try to do that. I mean, yeah, there's there's a bunch of projects going. but <laughs> And they're all in different stages at all different times. Yeah, but, it, yeah. it would be nice to just to finish them all. I, I keep waiting for this magical day where like all of the big projects will be done. And then we're just going to start optimizing all the pages and kind of iterate on what we have. And I, I, I have faith that that's, this day will come, but I, I, I think there, there will always be big projects. I think you're right. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I don't know. I, <laughs> the work I just look ends. at the marketing site and I'm like, <laughs> what other pages could we possibly add to this thing? Like, I feel like we have all of them, but then we don't. So yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well then what, what's happened to us is that I'm like, yeah, we've got all our pages, but some of them are like, I don't know, four years old at this yeah, point that's, because that's when we that, last made them. And so now they kind of need to be yeah, removed. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. There is a lot of pages on the Notion marketing site <laughs> where I'm like, it's still sort of holding up, but it's like, it's it's old, you know? And it's yep. a lot of the, we've, we've evolved how we talk about the product and show the product since then. Mm. And it doesn't feel off brand, but it, I, I, I don't think customers or users see it and think that, but I see it and I'm right. like, this needs needs some some updates yeah you know it could be better and you yeah. know that yeah you yeah for sure for sure <laughs> let's end by talking about the thing you're most proud of from your time at notion it could be a project it could be a certain like impact that you had i don't know we'll just love to yeah hear i think part of like being a designer and engineer and like living in that space between things is you sort of start to understand the inefficiencies like between the two i'm just always thinking about how to get those things to work better together and faster and more like in a more scalable way so i think the most thing i'm most proud of is just i feel like i've helped build a lot of really scalable systems the company stayed quite small intentionally for a long time and it's still pretty small like we're currently like you know over just over 100 people but but for the first year we were under under 30 it wasn't until like a year ago that we really started hiring a lot and even before we started hiring a lot, we were very diligent about using Notion to document things. There was one other one other designer at the company, but we still took the time to write a, make a whole Notion doc about. Oh, that's so good! I wish I'd done that. <laughs> yeah, and at, at the time, I was just like, I don't know if this is a good use of time. Like, uh, I could just have a half hour's Zoom with Sam, and we could go through how Contentful works, and we could be done with it. But instead, I spent an hour like screenshotting the process and like which buttons to click and have done that over and over. Like a lot of people at Notion have done that across the organization. I mean, that's part of what happens when you use Notion as a product. And I think one of the selling points, right, um, is that it kind of, it's fun to document and prepare. Well, there was, there was a particular month where I think that month we hired like 15 or 20 people 
in that month. And basically the company doubled that month. And I didn't really see that coming. I knew it was going to come someday, but I didn't really know when. And I don't, I don't think things would have really worked if we didn't have all that documentation in place and, uh, hadn't really thought, thought ahead enough to, to a day where we wouldn't have time to, you know, where we couldn't sit down with each person and go through like, this is the brand Mm. and this is what Notion's about. Right. So yeah, it's, I think just building scalable systems and, uh, like thinking ahead, but not, not too far ahead. I love that. Thanks so much for everything you've shared, Corey. I feel like I have a to-do list now, honestly, coming (laughs) out of this conversation of things I want to implement myself. No, it's all good. And I'm sure that our listeners do as well. Thanks for all your insights. Thanks so much for having me, Charlie. This is really nice. That was a jam-packed episode full of useful insights, right? I hope you enjoyed it. One thing that I didn't mention in the introduction is that Corey actually has a background in product design. And I think this really comes through in his approach to the Notion marketing side. He treats it like a product. And that's something that I'm definitely going to take into my work at ConvertKit ongoing and in my approach to our site. I'm going to treat it like a product and and see how that goes. As always, I would love to hear your favorite insights from this episode, though. So please feel free to share them in the YouTube comments or tag me on social media. I'm at Charlie Prangley on Instagram and on Twitter. And check out the description or the show notes for links to Notion as well as links to Corey. Thanks again to Webflow for sponsoring this season. If you're on a small design team, Webflow could be a really great way for you to speed up your landing page build process to support the needs of the marketing team. So check it out. You can try it for free at insidemarketingdesign.co slash Webflow. Stay tuned for more great episodes coming in season two. And you can get links to the Marketing Design Dispatch newsletter, the job board, and of course, more episodes of this show at insidemarketingdesign.co. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.